With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome back, everybody, to the Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of Land Grant Holy Land. Dot com, your favorite free Ohio State news website. I am your new editor-in-chief, Matt Brown, and, and man, I thought today I'm going to take it easy a little bit, right? Like, as, as, as I'm sure you, you were all probably aware, our founder, our editor-in-chief, Luke Zimmerman, has recently left the employee of SB Nation. He's left the site. He is now going to cover FIFA professionally for a company called Foothead, you wish him the very best. And I'm stepping in. I'm like, okay, there's a gajillion like paperwork things we have to go take care of here. Got to step into Luke's role for SBNation.com and, and try to handle these things. Well, all we could really use is a nice slow couple of days on the Ohio State front. And hey, it's June. Nothing happens in early June in Ohio State anyway, right? Uh, wrong. Colton, what happened like two hours ago? You could say that the editor-in-chief of Ohio State Basketball has, has left the building. No more Thad Mata. That's completely crazy. Getting, you know, getting, getting an email earlier this morning that there's going to be a press conference featuring Thad Mata and Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith at 2 p.m. Didn't really think too much of it. Event news started to trickle in that this was concerning his tenure. There were reports that Mata was going to finish out this coming season and then step down. And then un, a little bit unexpectedly. Gene Smith fired him. So Thad Mata, the winningest coach in Ohio State basketball history, the longest tenured basketball coach in Ohio State history, and I think uh, Colton would agree, the main reason for lifting Ohio State basketball out of mediocrity and into something that people actually cared about is now out. And it's not hard to see why. Ohio State basketball has, has clearly been on the decline for the past couple of seasons. Obviously, they missed the tournament the last two years. Last year was really... A, uh, a disaster. They they missed the NIT. They lose to Rutger. You know, Luke and I were right there on, on press row. We're, we're four feet from the, the entire debacle happening in D.C. You have players transferring. And it's clear that what Gene Smith decided to do was he sees that Ohio State basketball is deteriorating and wants to give Mata one last chance to, to right the ship, which I think, to me personally, is justifiable given all that he's been able to accomplish with the program. But then, as we get into the offseason, and the Buckeyes have the embarrassment with Jaquan Lyle, where he gets arrested and turns out he actually quit the team a month earlier and Ohio State never said anything about it. And they lose Trevor Thompson to Europe. And they lose David Bell to Jacksonville. And then they strike out on a couple of recruits, and they strike out on a couple of graduate transfers. And suddenly, you're looking at a team with nine players and one point guard and one center, and the center's a true freshman who's never played a college game before. And it's it's looking like a roster for a team that got hit by NCAA sanctions. It doesn't look like a team that's going to be able to turn things around. And then you lose your best player committed in the 2018 class who then kind of disparages the direction the program is going on the way out. So at that point, he's like, all right, we got, we got to make a change. So let me ask you, it's pretty rare to hire to fire a coach in June unless the coach gets a DUI 
or a major recruiting violation or you know breaks the law or does something terrible. It's even more unusual to fire a coach that is universally respected and clearly during this press conference like it's that I mean like the, the rapport and the respect that Gene Smith and Mata have is is real. It's even more rare to to let a coach go of this stature in June. Was this the right move? Uh, as hard as it is to say, I, I think so. And I, I agree with you and, and others in the sense that it does seem like a very weird time to do it if you look at either the recruiting calendar or just the calendar of college basketball and how it goes on a year-to-year basis. But something that I was just thinking of and where I think Gene Smith deserves some credit for this is through his good work and the hires that he's made, he hasn't had to face a situation like this with pretty much the two most high-profile sports in in the Ohio State Athletics Department. And even with the stuff that went on with Jim Trestle, I don't really think you can classify that as something that, like say look at a school like Florida or like Michigan. Florida had all that success in basketball with Billy Donovan, but after Urban Meyer left, the stuff with Will, Will Muschamp kind of left a bad taste in everybody's mouth, and they had to make a change there. The stuff with the Michigan football team with not only Rich Rodriguez, but with Brady Hoke. And if you look around it at other programs that have a good football program and a good basketball program, I bet you could name almost every one of them has had this happen in the last decade, except for Ohio State until now. And so I think, yes, the timing is a little bit weird, But I also think the timing would have been a lot worse if Ohio State likely would have missed out on next year's tournament and you make that three years in a row. And if you fire Thad Mata there, I think the goodwill with the fans goes out even further. Maybe their relationship gets soured after another year. And you're just left in a a place where I think the roster is maybe even in more upheaval than it is right now. So I, I think that Gene Smith does deserve some credit for for lack of a better term, just kind of ripping the Band-Aid off. And the timing wasn't great, but I also think it could have been a lot worse. So I feel like there's one variable that we're not discussing here that really determines whether this is, is the right move or not. And that's obviously Archie Miller, right? So the most obvious candidate to replace Dad Mata at Ohio State and somebody who reportedly really wanted this job. Yeah, Archie Miller was the guy that was supposed to take over that job and had Ohio State pulled the trigger on letting Mata go after, say, the Rutgers loss. Miller's probably in Columbus, and we're having a different conversation. Uh, Ohio State decides to wait, trying to give Mata another chance. Like, and, and I think that is a defensible decision. And now Miller's at Indiana. Uh, and so not only does that mean that you're not going to get Archie Miller, you're not going to get Sean Miller either, who Ohio State might have been able to pry from Arizona, but Arizona's going to go into next season number one in the country. And and Sean's not going to want to go to Columbus and co- coach against his brother every year. So because of that weight, you potentially cost Ohio State a, 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 an excellent fit for your coach. So like, if Ohio State goes and grabs a really solid candidate right now, I, th- I think this is, you know, it's unfortunate for Thad Mata, but it, it makes sense and the program's okay. But if Indiana, like, goes to the Final Four in three years, then we are this we are looking at this what-if scenario for decades and it's, it's a potentially big screw-up. And, that, and that's going to determine whether this was the right decision or not, I think. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And maybe this is a bit of a hot take, but I, I think it's okay to look at it that way and also kind of admire that the reason this didn't happen is, as we saw today during the press conference, there is a genuine respect between those two. And that may not mean 
a ton to a lot of fans that especially when you bring up Archie Miller going to Indiana and if he does have massive success there, we're always going to look back on this and say, man, if they just would have fired him, then all this changes. This is, this is on Gene Smith. But I, I do think it says a little bit about the man and Thad Mata that they tried to make this work for as long as they did. And at the same time, I, I think it's something we'll probably get into is Thad Mata has earned, I think, that respect for it to get to this point where it's just, hey, you know what? It's not working for both sides. Let's let's move on. I, I think that he earned that respect rather than, like you're saying, getting fired after losing to Rutgers. And maybe that doesn't mean a lot to a lot of fans, but I, I do think that it says a lot about that relationship and what Thad Mata did for the program. Ask me again how I feel about this in three years, but – Right now, it seems like that I wouldn't pile on Gene Smith for making that decision. And uh, I think he deserves a little bit of the benefit of the doubt when it comes to, to trying to figure out a replacement. Because it seems like this isn't a move that you make unless you have something lined up. Even if you realize that the, the program's on a negative trajectory. I mean, like, I've written about it extensively. Other people on this website have as well. If you think that, like, you're, you're not going to get somebody comparable or even, you know, 80% of that mana, it seems like you roll the dice and wait one more year and, and, and shoot that way. We can, we're going to talk a lot over the next couple of days about some of the names. Ohio State's going to target for this position. You're going to hear some some NBA guys, Mike Brown, Billy Donovan, Frank Hoiberg. You know, you know, some people who either have ties to the college game or ties to Ohio. You're going to hear Tom Crean. You're, you're you know, maybe some Ohio, uh, Chris Gent or some other people with Ohio State ties. Let me ask you this though, because we're you know we'll have more time to dig into those rumors and, and what this means and everything. But what is your favorite memory of the Thad Mata era? Because this is this is a weird transition, not just because of the timing and because like Mata is going to be involved in this transition and everything, but it's um it's you know th- this is a guy that I think Ohio State fans you know last year notwithstanding are going to have extremely fond memories of. What 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 will you really remember? Uh, the first thing that stands out to me. Maybe not a particular game, but just those late 2000s and early 2010s Big Ten battles with Wisconsin and Michigan State. And matching up with Bo Ryan and with Tom Izzo. And the fact that Ohio State got to that level where especially against Michigan State in the Big Ten tournament, you know, they were going blow for blow with those teams and really talented MSU teams every single year. And it may have not been the most pretty basketball to watch, but whether it was a guy like Aaron Kraft or Jared Sullinger or Deshaun Thomas, who was one of my favorites, those teams always stood out to me as, you know, quote unquote, playing basketball the right way. And they just seemed like they enjoyed playing as a team and they had some deep tournament runs. And that's what I'll always remember about the Thad Mata era. First and foremost is those teams in some of the, the great runs that they had, not only in the tournament, but also in, in big 10 play as well. They were a hell of a lot of fun to watch play the game. Even if it wasn't always, you know, the most exciting thing offensively. Those were, those were great memories. Um, I, I thought the, the Wisconsin teams in that era made excellent villains. Like Ohio State doesn't really have a basketball rival, certainly nothing to the extent that they have a rivalry with Michigan and football. And like for me personally during that era, despite the fact that I have a lot of family ties to the university and love the city, man, I could not stand Wisconsin. Like the deal with the game, with the towels and the, and the spinning, and with Bo, you know, with 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 Ryan looking, with Bo Ryan looking like you know some kind of comic book supervillain. It was those those were excellent. My my personal favorite was on March twelfth uh, in two thousand ten. 
and uh, this was this was this was the first game in the Big Ten tournament. This is a solid, you know, Ohio State team. And I am teaching elementary school in New Orleans, so I I, I'm not, I, I couldn't watch the game. You know, I'm, I, I were in class. But as the game's wrapping up, you know, it's near the end of the day, and uh, this was this would have been around three. So this was like my planning period. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting there, and I'm, I, I don't even have the TV on in my room because I'm trying to grade some papers and catch up to the fact that, you know, my, everything's in chaos. And suddenly, my two buddies, the two janitors in the school, run into my room. And they're like, you know, Matt, you got to go turn on the TV. Let's go turn this on. And it's the end of the Ohio State-Michigan game. Uh, and we all watch. There's like 45 seconds left. And I'm like, oh, my God, I, I thought Ohio State was going to win by like 10. You know, you keep going into the Big Ten tournament. We thought this was a team that, that had a chance to make the Elite Eight or, and everything. And... This was when we got to see Evan Turner hit that shot from like nearly half court <clears throat> at the buzzer to beat Michigan in a very nice game, uh, 69 to 68. And like, <clears throat> I, I would, you know, these two janitors and one of them was missing half his teeth in New Orleans. New Orleans, one of them was hugging me and like they're all running around screaming, like they're going down through the hallway and like my, you know, kids are confused because like they all, you know, they 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 started rooting for Ohio State because of me. You know, and I'm I'm thrilled and like that was one of the coolest things that I that I'd seen. Like you know, making it to the championship game was great, making it to the to the final four later, a lot of great wins. But that particular shot and like that moment and that that enthusiasm, even for the people I didn't even know that well, like I'll for I'll remember that forever. Yeah, and I remember watching that game at home and going crazy. And the I think the best part about that was, if I remember correctly, Ohio State was pretty much solidified in the tournament, no matter yeah. what. And that Michigan team didn't really have anything to play for. That would have made their season to beat Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament like that. And it was just like, nope, actually, uh, we're going to send you guys home and you get nothing. You're not even going to get to go to the NIT. And so that was that made it even more fun. And if you just look back at some of the tournament games that they played in that you referenced, the game against Xavier where they came back, the big comeback against Tennessee in 2007, the the heavyweight fight that was the Georgetown game that year, and even, I think, in 2011, 2012, in that season, they played Kansas in the regular season, they played Florida in the regular season, and they played Duke in the regular season. And that's before they even matched up against Cincinnati, which was a hell of a lot of fun in the tournament. And then maybe if you're looking at single games, my most favorite ever, when they beat Syracuse 77-70 to to get to the Final Four. So you can, I think, go back and look through those lists of years. And if you're a person right now that – has been on the fire thad mata train just go back and look at, at some of those games and i think that the memories will come back to you that wow you know these teams weren't getting lucky or getting good draws they were playing good teams in the regular season and they were playing great teams in the tournament and they were going toe-to-toe and winning those tournament games it's easy to forget about because it's, it's been a couple of years since ohio state's been able to make really a deep run or, or capture some of that emotion but if you're somebody who's around my age, you know, I, I turned 30 a couple of months ago. If you're somebody who's in your late 20s, the the the, high, the heyday of, of the Amada era would have been when you're watching the Big Ten tournament or you're watching the beginning of the NCAA tournament, when you're in middle school, when you're in high school, when you're in the beginning of college. Some of these really formative years in your fan experience. Getting to watch those with, with your classmates, with, with your friends, have, having you know, those, 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 those moments of togetherness here. And that's it's all really exciting. Like the, the, those those are things, those are those are games that you know the the comeback against Xavier during the, the run of the Final Four. Like that's something I'm going to tell my daughter about when she gets old enough to care about college basketball potentially. 
You know, they're, they're, they're amazing moments. That's what solidifies and makes somebody, yes, I'm an Ohio State fan. And that's so important because there weren't that many Ohio State fans when this started. Uh, Ohio State basketball had, had been forgettable and trash for years uh, before Mata came in. And that's really his enduring legacy is the fact that he was able to raise expectations enough where what happened the last two seasons, or last three seasons really, wasn't acceptable anymore because in the mid-90s, or in the 80s, that nobody would have, would have batted an eye. That's just, that's just Ohio State. So Ohio, I think Ohio State fans, as deservedly frustrated as they've been over the product for the last couple of years, and it's unfortunate because of his health and unfortunate because things with the recruiting didn't go, quite the, go quite right the, exactly the right way, you got to look at this era with some, with some fondness and some admiration, I think. The only reason that anybody can ever say in the past couple seasons, well, the team isn't playing up to what expectations at Ohio State are, it's because Thad Mata built those expectations up so high with those teams that we're having that discussion now. Yeah. Let me let me, let me me ask you this. We, we, we can kind of tie a bow on the Mata stuff. We're obviously going to be hitting this hard over the next couple of days. Who would you like to be Ohio State's next basketball coach? If I could pick anybody out of the college ranks, because I, I've seen Billy Donovan's name thrown on there. You mentioned Mike Brown. The one name would be Wichita State's Greg Marshall. And that's without me knowing any of his contract situation or, you know, what his thoughts on that job are or his ties to Ohio, but what he's built on with that program. And we saw it in one of those tournament runs when Ohio State lost to them has been pretty remarkable. And off top, he's, he's a guy that I would want for the job. I would be ecstatic if Ohio State was able to bring him in. It would really surprise me because Wichita State's probably going to, they're probably going to be a top 10 team you know certainly top 12 team top 13 team next year they're gonna be overwhelming favorites in the american it makes a boatload of money now ohio state's gonna be able to offer three million dollars for a coach but paying that and uh, you know paying mata's buyout and everything like you know that that might be a little bit tricky that would that would be over the moon this probably isn't happening either i would i'd love to see fred hoiberg who's kind of uh, it has a mess with the chicago bulls i don't want really to think that that's a long-term sustainable place for him. He's got a ton of Midwestern roots. He was a creative recruiter at Iowa State, not just for high schoolers, but knew how to mine uh, transfer ranks and to find to find players and created really entertaining, watchable basketball. And he's not, you know, he's still a relatively young guy. He's only, he's only 44. He could be around there for a while. Wouldn't be shocked if he ends up looking for another job in a year or two. This would be a, a really fun landing spot for him. There's, there's a couple of other coaches out there that I think would be really good fits you know, I'm going to write a column that talks about this here in just a minute. My only hope is that Ohio State acts like this is a big jump because it, it is it is a good job. You can win a lot of games at Ohio State. You can make a lot of money at Ohio State. The shot can feel like you're playing in an airplane hangar or like a, a mall food court if you suck. But if you're good, it's loud. Uh, it's a great atmosphere. And you're playing in a state and in a city that produce really good uh, basketball players. So I hope that Ohio State doesn't realize, hey, this is bad timing, and just kind of settle on Chris Gent or settle on you know a coach from the Horizon or the Missouri Valley when they could potentially swing and maybe get somebody a little bit bigger. Which I hope you would do if you're gonna if you're gonna say like you know Mata's not good enough anymore. Yeah, and to you, to a point that you made earlier, I don't think that they would have done this unless Gene Smith had either a couple of names that he was pretty concrete that he was gonna get one or two, or that they had a solid plan in place and as for the job goes 
if you look at some of what national writers have said about it, including I'm looking at one of Greg Doyle, the columnist for the Indianapolis Star, one of his tweets that he put about out about an hour ago, and it says, college basketball coaches have told me for years, Ohio State is one of the most coveted jobs in America. This could get crazy. He knows more than we do. I don't know you know, what big names they're going to go after, but I do think that there's a good possibility that they get a very good coach out of this, and they should because it's a, it's a great job. It's, it's entirely possible. So we're going we're gonna to dig into that a little bit later here. If you, uh, I would love to hear from you about what some of your favorite moments and um, games and, and what you're going to take away from the Thad Mata era. The, 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 the last thing here, I'll, I'll leave you with this. This is the last time I talked to Thad. This is a, the, the uh, actually not not the last time I talked to that because I talked to him after his last game. But at Big Ten Media Days when we were uh, at the podium session, and I was asking him about like about roster transitions and how they're going to change the recruiting approach, given that everybody in the 2015 class had left. He asks me, he asked me like a trivia question, like who is the only? We say only one, only one of the top 50 players in the NBA was ever a college transfer. Uh, and, you know, in front of everybody, in front of live BTN, and everyone, he asked me who it was. I'm like, I, I guess Larry Bird, and and that's uh, true. I, there there are a couple of other ones, but we, we were joking about it afterwards, like at the table sessions, and you know, the Ohio SID is trying to pull him away, and you know, he's he in person, he's a very relaxed, he's a he's a funny guy. He kept Ohio State's program clean, and you're gonna find just anybody who who really worked with them on any level has nothing but positive things to say about him. And it's well, unfortunate that things didn't work out. But, you know, at, at the end, like, I, I really think Ohio State was, was lucky to have him. I hope he's able to get healthy, and I wish him the very best. So in the, in the comments section or in the email, feel free to let us know your favorite moments of the Mata era. We're going to dig deep into this coaching search over the next couple of days. We'll see where Ohio State here ends up. Uh, you can, of course, follow us on Twitter, LandGrant33. We are on Facebook, uh, uh, Land Grant Holy Land. We are on SoundCloud. We are on iTunes, wherever else you get your podcast. And if you have a question or comment that cannot be expressed within the confines of a tweet, hit me up. I'm at matt.brown at sbnation.com. Colton, where can we find you real quick? You can find me on Twitter at Dubsco and then here on the podcast, right, on uh, Land Grant Holy Land. And just, just one last thing. Much like the spot... Aaron Kraft taking the charge was good. It's true. People forget that. And with that, I'm Matt. That's Colton. Spot was good. And go Bucks. <laughs>